Welcome to the Fully Alive Man Podcast. This is a podcast to help men become more fully alive by doing life together. My name is Lee Rogers. I work at North Point Community Church with men's groups. I am here with my friend, co-worker, confidant, mentor, older gentleman, Doug Hurley, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that was a great intro. How, how are you, Doug? You, that was so amazing that you threw me off with whatever name I was good, because I always call I, you a different name. I mind melted you. We'll just go with Amazing Lee. I may have even used that before, but that was an amazing intro of me, bro. Thanks, yeah, man. Amazing Lee intro. That's awesome. Amazing Lee. I love Lee. it. Well, we are glad to be back with you guys. If you don't know, we really believe that men do life better when they do life together. We think that um, just as men, we're going to move closer to the life that we want to live as a leader, as an employee, as a husband, as a father, as a friend. When we have other men speaking into our lives on a regular basis, guys who know our story, who know our tendencies, who know um, the, our dreams, our hopes, all of those things, what else, Doug? What, what's great about being in community with other men? Um, icky word. It's yeah. an icky word, but it's so true. It's like accountability. And I'm saying that because my, my wife's gone right now out of town with the three kids, and I've got three of my best friends Aware um, of it. Aware of it. And they're checking on me to make sure I'm staying clean. That's I'll amazing. leave it at that. But it's great that they're doing that. And um, it if is, I didn't have that, I'd be tripping all over myself. Yeah, it is great that they're doing that because those guys are the ones who are going to pull you forward mm -hmm. um, into the man you want to be. And that is absolutely fantastic. Well, we're going to jump into a cool topic today that I think is going to be useful, valuable for all men in the community. But before we do, let me ask you this question, Doug. Do you remember your first Christian men's group? I don't know if it was a, just a regular group, a Bible study, what? Do you remember? Tell me about that. <laughs> this, oh my gosh. All right. So a little bit PG-13-ish, not too bad, but um, living in uh, Ohio, Ohio, we'll leave it at that. And because I don't want to, yeah. You want to get too close. Yeah. So we're so at, at my house, men's group, eight guys, and um, go, going back to the accountability to tie it back to that. We said, hey, as we do this group, we're going to go through whatever book or content or topic. We're going to do that. We're going to pray together, do some things. But we're also going to carve out time in that group to have accountability. So we'd split off in groups of twos or threes and go to a different part of the house, and we do that. The first time we did it, me, one of my best friends, and another guy, like, okay, this is awkward. We haven't done this before, but somebody's got to go first. So the other guy, this one guy says, I'll go. Accountability. I love porn. I love it. And I, I, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And me and my best friend are sitting there, not that we totally haven't had real. those feelings or temptations. Sure. Or it, yeah. But we're like, wow, that was like super <laughs> bold out of the gate. That is awesome. That is absolutely fantastic. That is keeping it real. I love that guy already. Oh, he's, I still, I love him. The only reason I'm not saying his name is not because I don't love him. It's just because it's, yeah, of course it was private. I remember being in a group um, with a guy who said something very similar. He said, and it was more of a mentoring younger guys kind of a group. And I was not one of the younger guys. Um, and one of the guys said, I'm thinking about stopping looking at porn. I was like, 
way to go, man. That is a step. Like, thank you. Yeah. And, and I will say, like, we just sort of received that, understood. Ask him a couple of clarifying questions, of course. Well, like, why? Um, yeah. And I'm. we finished up that group um, probably two months later. Met with that guy a year after that. And he's like, hey, man, it's been a year. I haven't looked at porn. And the crazy thing about that guy was, he is he said, um, I also decided to take a year off of dating just to reset. And so I figured I better stop drinking too. Um, Good <laughs> night. I'm judging dating or drinking, but I was like, that is amazing. So yeah, he, he just, he made some changes and, um, and saw the difference. But I was thinking about my first- it's Crazy. He went from like 2000-ish year, whatever year that was recently to like Puritan, Massachusetts- <laughs> You know, seventeen eighty one. <laughs> That's right. Fully in. Um, and I need to I need to touch base with that guy, see how he was doing. I haven't talked to him in about two years. He's a monk now, some yeah. <laughs> That's right. And I'm responsible. I don't feel good about that. Um I was remembering my first ever men's group. Um one key thing about that first ever men's group is I am still in a group with two of the guys from that group, and that was twenty years ago. Wow. Um which is pretty, yeah, pretty amazing. I'm still friends with two other of the guys from that group. But I remember one of the guys I'm still in a group with now, Brian Porter. I remember he just, gosh, the guy, he had so much grace and mercy for mine and some of our just stupidity and questions and foolishness. And I remember he said, um, I think it was the fourth week after we had shared stories. He's like, hey, each week, I'm just going to ask you three questions. One, um, how are things going to work? Two, um, how's your time with God? Three, are you doing anything you're not supposed to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess we're in it now. <laughs> and it was fantastic. Absolutely amazing. Brian Porter. Uh, group. Brian Porter. Yeah. Love that. Oh, good shout out for Brian. That's yeah. Cool. Brian's a good man. And I still see him relatively regularly, thankfully. So jumping in, this is a topic we've talked about before by way of just thinking intentionally about your group. You can make your group better when you're more intentional about um, how you participate, how you lead your group. But the topic really is about what makes a life-giving group. Any of us who have been a part of any group, whether it's a men's group or otherwise, have been a part of a group that has been life-giving. And we've also experienced, Mm. could be the same group of people um, group nights where it feels a little life sucky. <laughs> I thought right? we haven't rehearsed this. I thought that's where you're going to go. Yeah. Like with those words and, and you did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I have a ton of ideas what make a not so life giving group, if that's a little friendlier way to say that, but what comes to mind for you, Doug, what, what takes the life out of a group for you oh, or a group meeting? I should say, uh, one is, um, guys, well, gosh, now I just feel like I want to rapid fire a bunch of them, but sure. not show, not showing up, not, ah, yes. not showing up engaged. And yep. I get if you're tired end of sure. the day. I mean, I'm smoked too. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to go. But then you go, it's like, no man, we're in this. Let's, let's jump in and, and try to amp up our energy level a bit. Yeah. Those, those are a couple, I could go on and on, but those are a couple big ones. Just show up at the right time and be engaged. Yeah. Those are pivotal for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like breaking any of the ground rules. You know, if, if you have the guy who does show up and as a part of answering a question or, Hey bud, how are you doing? Turns into a 45 minute rant about something or explanation of his week with, without taking a breath 
or allowing anyone else to share, that can be a little life sucking. I've, totally. I've experienced that. I've experienced that. I've probably been that guy too a couple times. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh wow, I just talked for 48 minutes straight and didn't let anybody get a word in edgewise. Sorry about that, Ohio men's group. Yeah, that that lack of awareness that we've yeah we've probably all had at some point is is a life killer. What's another one? Group. What's another one for you? That's just another, sucks the air out of it. Yeah, another one for me is the guy who wants to solve everybody's problem. Oh, you can should. I take my two back yes. and throw that one in there at the top? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that that's a thing. The guy who just jumps in. Well, have you ever thought about this? Well, did you know? You know, the Bible says you should never do that. Like, yeah, man, I do know that. I thought this was a place to step into the light. Will you be honest with me? Because we are good friends, too. Yeah. I mean, we don't just work together. Am I projecting? What do you mean? You're a counselor. You've got a counseling back. You know what that word means. All right, let's explain it for the listeners. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I hate that. But do I do that? Because you do it. <laughs> yeah. Do I do that? If you do it, you, you don't normally do it with me. You pa- You hesitated. Yeah, a little bit. I was thinking about it, but okay. I, I think if you were um, going to go that problem solving direction, you would qualify it first. Like, hey, I'm not going to throw a book at you, but but this is going to help. <laughs> I don't know how many listeners we have, but what, five, whether it's Loads, five or five thousand, probably millions. You just announced to five thousand or however many listeners that I do do that. I'm projecting. <laughs> you're, I that, feel like you're projecting now. Oh, good night. <laughs> What are we talking about? Having a life-giving group. Let's stop talking about the bad. Yeah, we definitely need to stop talking about the bad. But I do think everyone can identify with that. And I will say sometimes a group can feel life-sucking if you're just in a little bit of a rut. You've been meeting for a while. Hmm. Everybody kind of knows what's going on in each other's lives. And it almost feels like a week. Weekly is too frequent for a group. If weekly feels too frequent for a group, then it then it's probably stopped being life giving yeah. in some sort of way. What else? Anything else come to mind? No, I, I I mean we could go on and on, but I I would agree. I do think a good cadence is weekly. I think when you get outside of that, you're kind of not really able to keep your pulse yeah, on the no, temperature of the guys. But if it does feel that way, yeah, going through the motions, then, then um, there's something missing, and you gotta you gotta yep. evaluate that and triage it. That's the time to listen to this podcast this second half <laughs> to figure out what's going on. I thought of one more thing that can be life-sucking is if you're doing any sort of study, Bible study, topical study, whatever, and you're just filling in the blanks and you ask guys, oh, what did you guys think about question number four? And somebody just tells you what they filled in the blank with. It's like, oh, this is going to be rough. <laughs> Uh, tell me more about that, bud. What's what's going on in there? We all have the blank filled. Especially when they're close-ended questions. Do you think that God shows up in your life in big ways? Yes. Yes. What else, well, that's all I wrote down. That's what the question asked. And I said, yes. Yeah, not sure what I was thinking there. Um, no? <laughs> like, yes, no. No is happening right now. Um, so yeah, we can all identify with a not so life giving group. So we're going to talk about three things that I think, um, we think will lead to a life giving group or will almost always produce a life giving group meeting if you do these things. But before we do, we want to pause for a little segment we like to call man hacks. All right, Doug, what is your tip or trick 
to make our lives better that you want to share with us today? Okay, so we're in, our, in my house right now, yeah. right? We're social distanced. Of course so, we are. So see the broken drawer over there? Yeah. I've got like five other things that are on the honeydew list. Yeah. Janie's out. She's visiting some family right now for the first time because they got the green light to go do that in Georgia uh, with um, the kids. So I'm having a handyman come in to fix the drawer. Nice. That's you see broken in a bunch of other things. And she's yeah. going to come home and be like, look at you. So the tip is wait till your wife goes on vacation, bring someone in to take care of the list. I, and you're the hero. Yeah. And I'm not going to say, yeah, I did it. You're not lying she's about it. She's just going to say, oh, the drawer looks great. I'll be like, yeah, it does look, it does look pretty good. Yeah. That drawer works now. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. Call a handyman. Fantastic. Love it. Um, all right. My, Man hack for today is along the same lines um, and will probably be useless for most people. But because I took a major splinter in my finger recently from, from this thing that I know, I just wanted to share with everyone. If you ever have an old piece of wood in your hand, you're doing a little demo, you tear something off your, off your deck or the kid's playset, you tear it down exactly what I did, and you want to throw a piece of wood don't throw it in any way that it can slide out of your hand mm. because you will end up exactly like me with a giant gash in your, <laughs> in your pointy finger, which is so painful and shameful. And I just, I knew better. I grew up doing construction. I knew you never let a piece of wood slide in your hand in any way. And I did it. It was so dumb. I, it's funny. Now that you say it out loud, because you talk with your hands like I do. Yeah. I remember we were on a Facebook thing or live or, or video or something like and a couple weeks started. ago. You were talking with your hands, and I'm like, what's that big yeah. SpongeBob Band-Aid on, exactly on his finger? That sucker bled for like a day. Anyway, oh. enough of my belly aching. Guys, thank you for listening to one of our favorite segments we like to call Man Hacks. Okay, guys, jumping back in, we've talked about um, the experience we've all had of being a part of a group or a group meeting that is not so life-giving, might even say life-sucking, but how do you have a consistently a life-giving group? So I think there are three things you can do, and there's probably tons of things you can do. Three that I have experienced, that I've seen happen repeatedly, that will make a group feel life-giving. Here's number one. Number one is if somebody in the group goes completely vulnerable in the group, mm -hmm. share something they've never shared before, share something that um, is totally in process, um, a weakness, something they're struggling with. If, if a man in your um, relational community goes there in one of your meetings, it's the craziest thing. But that group, you will leave that group that night thinking, gosh, that was, I feel like God probably showed up with us in that group. What comes to mind as I say that, Doug? Gosh, man, it's so good. And you know, you and I have talked about this quite a bit before. We throw the word vulnerability around in church world a lot and groups world a lot. But I mean, it's literally secret sauce. And you're yeah. right. There's 91 things we could do to have a life-giving group. Yep. These are the, I, we think that these are the top three and that's just our opinion. The vulnerability thing, man, is so on target and it is literally turning the rock over, seeing the squigglies underneath the rock in your life and exposing that to guys, whether it's trauma or something that's happened previously or you're going through right now um, and not where there's a nice, neat bow tied around it. Like, no, 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 I haven't really shared this. 
a lot or with anyone, and I'm exposing it. That's right. And and Christian men will rise up and um, receive that from a man in a good and safe way and speak encouraging words of life back to him. And gosh, that is just a beautiful thing. I think that's a, a way that God cares for us. He receives, I don't know, all of our good and bad stuff and still chooses to give us his grace, his mercy, his love, the air that we breathe, the planet we live on, you know, a couple of good things here and there. Yeah, bro. I mean, even just even this week with, you know, talking to my three closest friends and they're checking up on me and I'm like, Hey, I I can't, you know, kind of just my, my head's not straight on this one thing. And they loved that I shared it and they felt they grieved for me that yeah, I was going through right. it. It wasn't just like, oh gosh, we're so glad you shared. They, but it's like we're grieving for you and praying for you or with you. And hey, let's let me check on you tomorrow and see how you're doing. Yep, fantastic. So the first one is if a man goes vulnerable in the group um, or shows vulnerability, mm-hmm. it's awesome. And just for clarification's sake, we are not talking about um, the kind of transparency that like, oh yeah, a bad thing happened uh, 15 years ago and I handled it and I'm good. That's not vulnerability. Vulnerability is you're vulnerable in the moment. The second thing, and for you prayer warriors out there, you're going to be like, no, duh, about (laughs) this one. But the second thing is prayer. And I I think it can happen two ways to affect a group in a way that makes the meeting life-giving. One is if a leader, co-leaders, a portion of the group is praying beforehand. Like if you take a half hour, an hour, before your group to spend that time in prayer, seeking God for what he wants for each man and for that night in your group, it will change the dynamic of your group. I know that sounds like a crazy hocus pocus, but I'm telling you that is a real thing that happens. And the second part of prayer is if if you don't have that kind of time or you don't do that, or that's just not your deal. If you take 10, 20 minutes 10 or 20 minutes somewhere near the beginning of your group. It doesn't have to be like the moment you start, but somewhere near the beginning of your group, just to spend 10 or 20 minutes, each man in prayer, you can, you can be all taking a question to God. That's okay. Or you can just leave it open for guys to pray out loud if they want. But if you spend that time changing gears, connecting with God in prayer, spiritually, it will absolutely change that group meeting every single time. I love how you said prayer warrior, because there's a lot of people, guys out there that absolutely. are not that. And I, I don't, I'm probably not that either. But, but one thing that I agree with everything you just said, and one thing that, I, that I'm really trying to get is this is not about turning God into a genie. Yep. Or the, like the hocus, yep. pocus, hocus pocus thing, like you said, this is... This is God saying, you are coming to me and surrendering to me and tuning into me and inviting me to shepherd your group and these guys and your meeting and your time. And that is awesome. And it's magical and kind of mystical to a certain extent, but that's, it's also just permeates scripture about going to him in prayer. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It's, it's me. Yeah. What you said, making ourselves available to him. And he said, um, if two or three are gathered, I'll be there. Mm. So it's like, huh, we should we should acknowledge that and um, think about that with our groups. Okay, let me ask you a question, though. And maybe this is a little bit of vulnerable, not super vulnerable, but just maybe transparent sure. somewhere in between. 
I feel like when the, t- when the time for the group is getting pressed, but we're running short, that's the first thing that can get clipped. Like, a, oh, guys, hey, let me, let me just pray. Real. I mean, we've done that in team meetings oh, yeah. before. Absolutely. Like recently. And we will again. <laughs> I feel like Do you feel will. that too? In your, oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hurry kills margin. Hurry kills this is gonna this is gonna be a big statement. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm could, ready. I could be quoted and in trouble on this, but hurry kills relationships mm. every time. If you if we think about the times where we're short with our wives or kids, yeah, we're probably in a hurry, or we're short on time, or we're late in some way. It kills relationships. It kills relational margin and the capacity that we have to love people. But what's hurry is not of the devil. It is the devil. That's right. That's C.S. Lewis. I didn't come up with that. Yeah, that yeah, was C.S. Lewis. That's amazing. What's crazy, this is bananas. I think you would say this. So it's one of the three most important things we can do to have a life-giving group, but it's one. Of, it's the first thing that gets clipped when you're in a rush. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's amazing. But yeah, it's, it's real. I be- fully believe what you're saying is real right now. Me too, bro. All right, so first thing is if somebody in the group is very vulnerable, the second thing is is just the prayer factor um, that's part of a group. And I would say the last thing that I've experienced that can almost always, um, maybe always create a life-giving group meeting is if someone in the group is experiencing God during the week in some sort of way and shares that with the group. This could be, you're feeling God in your quiet time. You're listening to a message during the week and it really speaks to you. You're spending time in study and you have like some huge understanding revelational moment, or you're watching a movie. You sense emotions in yourself and you have a, um, an understanding about your own belief and upbringing or whatever it is. And you invite God into that moment, bringing that to the group, or if more than even better, if more than one guy brings that to the group, what God's been doing in their life that week, it will add life to the group every single time. Every time, bar none. Bar none. 15 to 10 years ago, um, I was with these guys. We would meet every Saturday morning, and um, it was four other guys. We never did... Like we never read a book together. We never did a study together, but every single week, each of these guys and, and started with the three older guys, two of us were a little bit younger than them. They would just, and they were just regular guys. They didn't work at churches. They had their own businesses, different businesses. They went to different churches. They would share what God spoke to them during the week. Mm. And it was like, when I heard what God was doing in their life, it all of a sudden applied somehow to my life. And I could process and receive that in a way that truly was life-giving. It was amazing. I, same for me, man. I mean, this, literally, this happened last night. And this is none of We haven't rehearsed any of this. But this is how it goes. To, this is how it happens. This is how God works. So last night, I'm talking to a good friend. And he had, he had lost a good buddy recently mm-hmm. and, and at a young age. And uh, anyways, in talking to this friend... Um, he's sharing how God had showed up for him and how he is sharing with other guys who are friends, don't wait to go repair a relationship. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and um, while, I'm talk- while I'm talking with him last night, three or four friends come to mind for me 
about how I'm resisting reaching out to have been resisting to reach out to them. And I got every excuse in the world not to do it, yep. but they're all just excuses. Yep. And, uh, and really just me wearing a mask and trying to be, have bravado or machismo or whatever <laughs> sure. else. But guess what? I'm going to reach out to those three or four guys. So God showed up. I could five or six different ways in that yeah, little story. God happened to that guy. And then that got on you. And I know that's pretty rudimentary way of saying it, but I think that's how that happens. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that make sense that God would come not like a laser beam, but like a grenade in a good way that we all get like that God shrapnel on us when, when he explodes in someone opposed to just like a little pinpoint and it's just for you and not for anyone else. But I, and I do agree with that, but I think, and this isn't me, this, I see you do this. I feel like the little pinpoints or the little, little drip, 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 like you see the bigger thing in those little pinpricks and drips in life and how God is showing up than I do. So it's not just the big grenade like last night with my friend. Right. Who, well, it wasn't. I don't know if it was a grenade to him. You know, it came to him just as one shot, but then it got on you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't done where it landed. It had it had a lot more it yardage had a to cover. Effect. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Grenades a weird, a weird way to take that. But I think God comes more like a grenade than a laser beam. You cannot have a podcast and not not say the word grenade. <laughs> that's right. right. We need to work that in from now on. That'll be fantastic. Okay, so the three things are: if somebody's vulnerable, mm-hmm. the prayer factor, and the last one is if someone shares how they are experiencing God currently or have that week. I think those three things will always lead to a life-giving group meeting. Your time together will be more life-giving when one of those happens. And hopefully it would encourage more prayer. It would encourage more vulnerability. Those things are contagious when they're happening. And it would encourage us to seek those experiences with God during the week. I know if like a guy... Um, got away for like a retreat on a Wednesday and he shows up at my group on a Thursday and shares what God spoke to him. That's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I am absolutely going to love that every single time. Yeah. All three of those are snowball effects. It starts going down the hill and it just picks up and together uh, for, uh, from a combo or a cumulative perspective, it'll just blow up in a good way. Blow oh yeah, up the group absolutely. To be life-giving. And you know what? A lot of times what you and I do at the end of these podcasts, we say something like, you know, anything else to add? Yeah. Man, you know what? There probably are 71 other good ideas. Let us know. But we're not going to say anything right now. Right. You guys let us know. But we would say, do these three things. And you will build momentum in a life-giving direction. And it's awesome. It's all good. It's all good for you. I thought of a couple of questions to ask if you want to talk about this topic in your group, just show up or have guys listen to this and then talk about it. Um, A couple of questions I thought around this are one is our group life giving. Are we okay with the current status of what our group feels like? Is it life giving Two, Are we willing to try something? One of these three things, are we willing to try it? Is it worth the risk of having a life giving group? And three, do I really believe Jesus is with us when we gather? And if not, why not? because he said it'll be here. So um, that's a factor. So yeah, ask those questions and have a conversation around that. It would be awesome. Great questions. Love them. Just change them to open-ended. Is this group life-giving? Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> Anything else to add to that? <laughs> Not nope. anymore. I answered the question. Yes. You just killed it. <laughs> you just absolutely killed the group. Oh, that's awesome. And as always, as you listen to this, it, especially if you're not in a group, if you're not in a group and you want to be in a group, please email us. We will we will help you make that connection. It's what we do every day. And with things going online more than they ever have in the history of our nation, mm-hmm. um, we can connect people all over the country all the time because uh, everybody is currently meeting online right now. So npmen at northpoint.org, N-P-M-E-N at northpoint.org um, will email us. And as always, um, as you listen, think about what, what does this mean for me personally? What am I going to do about it? And how can the people in my life, the relationships I'm already in, how can we help each other as we think about this? Doug, thank you for your time. This has been a life-giving podcast to me. Me too, brother. Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. 